0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor Cornelius Phillips with today's message. While you're still standing, some of you got away. And you sat down before I could say it. While you're still standing this morning, if you will take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of First Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1. And I want us to look at uh, beginning with verse 12. First Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. We've been... In the Old Testament, for the past several weeks, coming out of Exodus chapter twelve, of about uh, the deliverance of the children of Israel out of Egypt, and uh, and we're we're still there, and in, in, in to a certain extent today, but uh, we've talked about them crossing the Red Sea. Uh, we talked about them last week how they came up uh, to cross over in Jordan. And the 12 spies came back. Ten of them brought a bad report. Uh, we talked about grapes and grasshoppers and and uh, how that, that uh, we limit ourselves from uh, getting what God wants us to have because of the way that we see ourselves. We talked about how they focused on the cluster of grapes that they brought back, and God wanted uh, to give them the vineyard. And uh, I want you to know, guys, there's a lot more. Don't settle for a cluster when you can have the vineyard. Amen? And that's what they did. They they uh, they settled for a cluster. And I gave you some grapes. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, you, don't, you can't go anywhere else and get a better deal than that. As I brought grapes from Walmart last week, and uh, somebody said they went to Walmart to buy grapes and couldn't find any. Well, I didn't buy them all, but... Uh, Anyway, so we gave out some grapes and and we used that as an illustration uh, that you don't need to settle for just the grapes because if you get the vineyard, Walmart will be coming to you. Amen? All right. But this morning what I want to deal with is one of the first things that God uh, did with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt is God began to speak to Moses uh, about uh, the building of a tabernacle, a place for him to dwell in. Uh, and so Moses established the what we call the Old Testament tabernacle or the tent of meeting or uh, the dwelling place of God. He began to do that. God showed Moses a pattern of, of how to build the Old Testament tabernacle when he was on the mountain. And God said, I want the tabernacle built to the specific uh, pattern that I've shown you. The reason that God was so uh, <clears throat> so adamant about Moses following the pattern in building the Old Testament was that the Old Testament pattern of the tabernacle that that they built and established in the middle of the wilderness was a picture of the heavenly tabernacle and God said this I want you to make sure that you dot every I and cross every T because what people see on the earth in this tabernacle is a picture of what is in heaven Jesus is that picture of the tabernacle, all right? So I'm gonna gonna stop there and I'm gonna get to what the Lord's laid on my heart this morning. I want you to remember, remember the Old Testament tabernacle was a pattern that God said, this is a pattern of what it's like in heaven. This is a pattern of what is to come. It was a pattern. So I want to bring you a message this morning that Holy Spirit dealt with me on the subject of when the pattern doesn't match the picture. When the pattern doesn't match the picture. In First Timothy chapter one, uh, let's begin reading at verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. This is the testimony of the Apostle Paul. How be it, I want you to get this, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life after everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. You can take your seat. If you'd like, Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. Now, Lord, let your word go forth today. Lord, let it hit our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. First of all, Paul said, I want to thank the Lord. I want to give God the glory and the honor. I want to acknowledge my Savior, my Lord, and my Master. I want to acknowledge his grace and his mercy and his power over my life who has enabled me that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. That could be my testimony as well as some of your testimony. I want to give God the glory. I want to give God the praise. Uh, And I want to tell you white folks something. Your black brothers and sisters have guided up on you on that. Because when you go and fellowship with our black brothers and sisters, the first thing that's gonna come out of their mouth is I wanna give glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ who counted me worthy to, to place me in the ministry. So come on, all right? It's all about him. You didn't put yourself in ministry. God put you in ministry. You didn't call yourself. God called you. But Paul said, Who was before? Who was before? A, a, blasphemer, a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious. I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Paul said, I just want to take just a moment and share with you about the glory and the majesty and the power and the awesomeness of this man called Jesus, who. Counted me worthy uh, to call me and to set me where I am today. Who counted you worthy that you could sit where you are today and listen to the Word of God? That counted you worthy that you could walk in here this morning and hear a song about the wonderful name of Jesus and give Him praise. We who at one time were blasphemers, we who at one time uh, injured the body of Christ and persecuted the body of Christ, Paul says. I'm so thankful. I'm so glad. I'm so glad for a a man called Jesus. I'm so glad for a a hill called Calvary. I'm so glad for an old rugged cross. I'm so glad for the blood of Jesus that was spilled on the cross that ran down on this old dirty and rotten sinner such as I. I am so glad, friend. You might be glad that this is Super Bowl weekend. You might be glad for other things. But I can tell you this morning that I am most glad and I am most thankful and I rejoice more today to know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life I'm having trouble here guys y'all just gonna have to pray I'm having trouble staying on task talking about Jesus I'm not talking about your next door neighbor I'm not talking about the one down the road I'm not talking about a past relationship I'm talking about Jesus Paul said this, the grace of God was so exceeding abundant with faith and love which is found only in Christ Jesus. And he said this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. Now, why did God do that? Why did Jesus do that? Paul said, he said, for this cause, I obtained mercy. You know what I like to define the word mercy as? I like to define the word mercy as I didn't get what I deserved. Grace is all about getting something that I didn't deserve. But mercy says I deserve judgment and I didn't get it. Paul said this for this reason. This is why I obtained mercy. That I might show forth all the long suffering of Christ as a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now listen to this. Paul said, God has done the work in me. He gave me mercy. He showed me mercy. He showed me favor. The reason that he did that was to establish in me a pattern so that others would look at my life. And friend, there's nobody here today that's uh, had a worse past than the Apostle Paul. Listen, it's one thing to be a heathen, but it's another thing to be a heathen and do it in church. Paul did all of his heathen- heathening. Somebody said, that's not in the dictionary, Pastor. I know, but I just want to give it to you. It's, my, it's in my dictionary. Paul did all of his heathening in church. He did all of his heathening in the name of religion. And he said, I want you to know that if Jesus Christ could love me enough to knock me off of my horse in the middle of the road, that if he did that for me, then he'll do it For you. Doesn't matter where you've been. Doesn't matter how bad you messed up. Doesn't matter what somebody says about you. It doesn't matter uh, of all the past that you've got. Paul said, if God could do it for me, friend, rest assured, He'll do it for you. And so God did it for Paul. And Paul said this, he did it so that I could be a pattern so that when I walked down the streets of Atmore that somebody could look and say, look at old Paul. I remember him when he was a heathen. But look what Jesus did in his life. (coughs) Listen, the definition of the word pattern is a sketch or an outline. So when I talk about a pattern, it is simply a a sketch or an outline or an example of something or somebody. Paul said, when you look at me, I want you to see a sketch of Jesus. Jesus. I want you to see an example of Christ. Now when we talk about patterns, life is filled with patterns. We uh, watch the weather on TV and and, uh, meteorologists study weather patterns. They study how the weather uh, works and they establish patterns. From the weather. Uh, Their financial patterns that financial uh, advisors watch, and they watch the financial patterns of how they float. Their family patterns. Your family has patterns in it. You come from a family of patterns. And and if we were to look back and study your family, we would see that there's certain patterns uh, that your family uh, follows. There are certain uh, ways that your family does. There are certain actions and attitudes and 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 uh, mannerisms and things like that 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 come from your family because your family has patterns. The devil works in patterns. The devil watches the patterns in our lives. He studies our lives' patterns. And many of his attacks and his uh, plots and plans are based upon patterns that the enemy has watched throughout our lives. So patterns are a big thing. So I want to I do uh, something this morning to kind of help you understand patterns. Uh, how many of you remember several months ago uh, that uh, on Facebook you had all of these uh, mannequin challenges? You remember that? Wasn't but a few years earlier or a few months earlier we had the ice bucket challenge. Any of you took the ice bucket challenge? Amen. Uh, all it got you was cold. Amen. <laughs> But, but we had this mannequin challenge. So I was thinking, I said, man, you know what? Uh, I think I can do something like that that would illustrate what I'm trying to get across today. So with that, uh, I, have, I have not asked these individuals, but uh, I'm going to pressure them today to uh, be obedient to what pastor is asking them to do. Sister Shirley, I'm not going to put pressure on you, okay? <laughs> Sister Shirley said, She about lost her breath, Brother Tom. Amen. So what I want to do is, Destin, I want you to come, buddy. and, and uh, Hannah, I, I, yeah, you knew I was going to call on you. You've got your, back, your phone out of your back pocket, so come on up here. You guys go up on the stage. All right. Now, Corey and, and Autumn, I need you guys. Maddie, you need to come on up too because I want to use you. Some of these back here are you get you get your feelings hurt if I don't ask you to come. But yeah, you was fixing to come, so come on. I saw that. <laughs> she turned around and said, "I won't ever come back to this church again." <laughs> Amen. Okay, now Autumn and Corey, I, I want you guys over here. Pastor Don, and Sister Debbie, uh, get your bring your cell phone. Don't be backing up. Set the example. And come on. Go, yeah, go, you, you guys just stand right over here. Be oh yeah. All right. Now here's what I want you to do, guys. I want you to. We're going to do a mannequin challenge, and I want you to—I want you to—to—to to, to be the happiest point in your life. I mean, what you got? Something for Christmas that you always wanted? You got your first car, or or, or you got your first date, or or whatever? Or you got your first kiss? You better not have. But uh, you know, go ahead and just do real, get real happy, and and I want you to. Freeze there, okay. What did she get for Christmas? She, okay. No, I'm just kidding. Just, just, all right. Right there. All right. You're there. Okay. Got gotcha. you. All right. These are these are teenagers and I'm not trying to embarrass them, but 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 these are teenagers and, and I wanted them to show excitement and I wanted them to show some, some enthusiasm and, and man they're excited. Uh, Hannah's so excited she can't hold the mannequin pose. But but she's excited and all of that, so they're frozen in time. Now, here's a, another couple that have graduated from school. Corey, get down on your knees, son. And, and I would never do this if it hadn't have already happened, but it's too late now, so we're going to do it. This is a young couple that, in reality... Are engaged to be married, but this is when Corey pops the question after he asked me if he could do it. All right, so Corey, you're popping the question to Autumn, and Autumn is saying, <laughs> "Come on," and, and I want you, I want you to st- stop right there. Okay, so we got a younger couple here who's got their life ahead of them. He's just popped the question, and she said yes and, and all of that, and she is frozen in time. No pun intended, but here's a couple over here that have just celebrated their 55th wedding anniversary. Now, brother, in rated PG, I want you to show us how it's going to be when you celebrate your 55th wedding anniversary. Stop right there. I was too late. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Now. I want those of you that have got cell phones. I want you to put it on that that pan thing. Anybody got cell phones? And I want you to get these pictures. All right, y'all got it. Hurry, hurry, hurry. We got it. All right, this is going go on Facebook. And okay, brother, you can breathe now. Okay, brother Don, that's that's all right. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right. Now, I'm going to do one more thing. Guys, I want y'all to, to get your cell phones out. Y'all don't have your cell phones? Go down there and get them. Hurry. Get your cell phones real fast, real quick. Amen. There you go. Get your cell phones out. Get back up here real quick. Come on, guys. Hurry, hurry, hurry. All right. All right. Now, Now, I want everybody in here to stand up and I want you to look so happy. Whatever pose you want to, if you want to do that, if you want to do that, ever how you want to do it, these guys are going to film everybody in the church in a mannequin challenge. Come on, one Two, three. Here we go. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. Come on, come on, hurry, hurry, hurry. We got it? All right, okay. All right, now, just stay right there. Can you hand me this thing right here? Thank you. These guys are going to stay. You can take your seat. Somebody said, I heard that church was weird. Now I know they are. (laughs) Here's the thing, guys. The reason I used an older couple, I used teenagers, and I used... uh... Then I used uh, uh, what we call a middle-aged couple uh, that (laughs) is because I wanted to try to hit basically every age group. But here's the thing that I want to get to you this morning. I've got this pattern, thanks to Sister Gwen Taylor uh, for bringing me this pattern uh, this morning, uh, after an early morning call asking her for it. But this is a see-and-so pattern. Amen? Uh, most of you ladies probably know what I'm talking about if you are uh, over the age of 30. But this is a see-and-so pattern. This is a, really a nice-looking uh, young lady on the front, wouldn't you say, Brother Larry? Uh, she's got a, a, a pretty nice-looking dress, wouldn't you say, baby? Uh, but uh, but I want us to to look this morning because we're talking about when uh, the pattern or the picture doesn't mat- match the pattern. You see, and and, I, and I'm going to try to be real quick this morning. Paul said, God did everything he did in my life so that I might be a pattern for others to follow. But the reality is that when you see the picture of this couple that celebrated 55 years in ministry, in uh, this ministry, I can assure you, but celebrated 55-year wedding anniversary, you see these four teenagers that, that are uh, on the top of the world. They're, they're happy and they're uh, joyous. Come on, give us another mannequin pose right there. Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 they're happy and all of that. They got it there all together. Then you get this couple here. Come on, give us that other pose right here. Uh, that that life couldn't be better. I've just been proposed to, uh, and and life couldn't be better. But in reality, there are those of you that are watching and, and perhaps that are listening today that that the picture that we placed up here are, uh, uh, and, and the pattern that you've been following in your life is not matching up. You've been following a pattern. You say, I want to be like that, or I want to be like that, or I want the joy that this couple has got, and you've been following a pattern, but it's not resulting in the picture that you saw up here. Now, I hadn't opened this before, but Sister Gwen, I'll buy you another one if I mess it up. Listen. I don't remember this in home ec. But can I ask you this? Does this look like this? No. Why? Because this is simply a sketch of how to get to this. The problem in many of our lives and the reason that we can't seem to get things going right in our lives is that we have been following the wrong sketch. We've got a picture of what we want our lives to be, but we can't seem to obtain the picture because our pattern is messed up. So uh, go ahead and and break it to you this morning. If life is not turning out like this, or if life is not turning out like this, or if it's not turning out like this, and, and this is the picture that you want in your life, then perhaps you need to change patterns. Because maybe somewhere down the line, you started following a pattern that was outside of the pattern that God said, I want you to follow. Maybe you're following a pattern that your, your father or your mother followed in their lives. Maybe it was a pattern of, of frustration and anger and abuse and things like that. And you, uh, have said, I, I want this picture. I want this picture, but I can't seem to get there. But listen, you, you've got to realize that you're following the wrong pattern. You're, you're, you're patterning your life after the wrong sketch. Listen, and can I go ahead and tell you this? Uh, you guys can can go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You. Listen, understand this. Uh, here's what the Bible says in Romans five, beginning with verse eighteen. It says, "Therefore." As by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. What is that saying in paraphrase? It is essentially saying this, that by one man's offense, judgment came into the world and it came upon all men to condemn them. In other words, when Adam sinned, Adam opened the door, sin came in like a rushing tide and filled uh, every individual that is born of man is now born in sin, So in other words, what happened that day in the Garden of Eden established a pattern that all men follow. It is not something that you have to work hard not to follow. As a matter of fact, it is a pattern that is most naturally followed by people. That's the reason you don't have to teach that little boy or that little girl to have an attitude. They get it naturally. It's not always their daddy's fault, but they get it naturally. But listen, in order to change that pattern, Paul said also that one came that broke that pattern whose name was Jesus. He brought life where Adam brought death. Jesus brought justification, where Adam brought judgment. Jesus brought uh, life everlasting, where Adam brought in eternal death. But here's the thing Jesus came and established a pattern, Adam established a pattern. Many follow the path that Adam established. It's all patterns. You can follow Adam with no trouble at all. And listen, the pattern that Adam established for you and I is the reason today that we are living in a broken down world. It is the reason that there are millions of children that are being aborted every year because people are following the pattern that Adam set for them. They're following a pattern. They're looking at a picture and they're saying, I want this picture. I want this picture, this one or this one and I'm following this pattern but the pattern that I'm following is not producing the picture that I want in life. You can try many other ways. You can go many other directions. You can try other ways and all of that but friend, If your pattern is not aligned up with the word of God, then you will never be able to find the picture that you're looking for. Listen. I used this illustration several years ago. uh, And it's about the lighthouse and the destroyer. The story goes that there was a a naval destroyer uh, that was plowing through the sea. Uh, they detected a light up ahead uh, and the the captain of the naval destroyer radioed ahead to the light and said this is the captain in the United States Navy. Uh, we're on course. Uh, I suggest that you change course and get out of our way Uh to avoid collision. Uh, the individual uh, at the light that he uh, addressed uh, to radioed back and said, Sir, uh, you need to change course. We cannot change course. Uh, the the uh, naval captain got irate and angry and said, uh, Sir, I suggest that you change course immediately I command you uh, as a captain in the United States Navy that you change course or otherwise you will risk uh, uh, being run over by this naval destroyer. The radio came back and it said this, Sir, I am the keeper of a lighthouse. I suggest that you change course because we are unmovable. Unmovable. What do you think he did? He changed course. Listen, some of us this morning, we don't say it with our mouths, but we'll do anything possible to obtain this picture. And God all the time is saying if you don't change course, if you don't change course, if you don't change pattern, you're going to mess up. The Bible says about David in the book of Psalm 32 and verse 5, and I'm fixing to close. Verse 1 says, David David said this after he had had a collision course with another man's wife. And this is the after effects of what David said. I acknowledge, I acknowledged my sin unto you and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Listen to this. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto you in a time when you may be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You will com- shall compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. And then David said in verse 9, he said, Be not as the horse or as the mule, which has no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. David said this in my time of great sin and failure, I called upon the Lord, and God heard me. David said. I followed a pattern. I followed a course that messed me up. That not only messed me up, but it messed others up. David said, I followed the wrong pattern trying to obtain this picture that I had, but I messed up. But here's what David said David said, I acknowledge to God my transgressions, I acknowledge to God my failures. I acknowledged to him that I had messed up. And David said this, the pattern that I had been following, I laid it to the side that I might begin to follow the pattern that God has set forward for me. David said, I did that so that others might look and know that the pattern that I'm following is one that will lead me to eternal life in Christ Jesus. So when the pattern doesn't match the picture, then perhaps I need to change patterns. Can I ask you this morning, what pattern have you been following in your life? Listen, friend, you can come and say, I'm gonna follow Christ. And those are great and powerful words. But if you don't change patterns, then those words will do you no good. If you don't change the pattern that you've been following, then words will not do you any good. Listen to this, and I'm going to close in First Peter chapter two. It says this: For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in His steps. What is the pattern, Pastor, that I can follow that will Produce the picture of life that I want to see. It is right there. Paul, Peter said this, for this to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his footsteps. I'm not gonna give you some big theological spiel about what you need to do, I'm just going to simply say this. When you accept Christ into your life, make up in your mind, I'm going to follow his footsteps. He gave me the example, so I'm going to follow. The Bible says he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he didn't revile in return. When he suffered, he didn't threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed for you were straying like sheep but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Would you stand with me please?